Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to The Counselor's Couch. I'm your host, Calvin Williams, licensed professional counselor. Over the past few episodes, you may have noticed something. I talked about navigating our current climate with COVID and with the variants, and I explored accepting the fact that things will go wrong and that making a mistake is simply a part of the human experience. Did you learn from it or not? However, an underlying theme was present in both of these episodes, which took me stepping back from it to really see. And that theme was anxiety. So I felt it may be time to revisit anxiety as an episode, since it's been since episode two. It's also interesting to note that as I reviewed the data and analytics of previous episodes, episode two actually was one of the most downloaded episodes to this date. So what does that mean? Well, it tells me that many of you listening to the show have some vested interest and learning more about anxiety. It may also mean that we're all in the same boat, experiencing anxiety and looking for some reassurance. And as you can tell by my recent episodes, I've openly admitted to feeling a return of my own anxiety. In fact, I've noticed some new symptoms. Well, not exactly new symptoms regarding anxiety, but new symptoms I'm experiencing regarding my anxiety. So that's why I felt it was time to revisit anxiety. Maybe as a refresher for everybody to give a name to what many of us are presently experiencing and to offer some assurance that you're not losing your mind. Or maybe simply to reassure myself that I haven't lost mine. As I've said in previous episodes, you're not alone. But we're all in this together. So, let's revisit anxiety. But before we get started, let me remind you again, nothing provided in this podcast implies a therapeutic relationship between counselor and client. It is solely for education and entertainment. Counseling can help you overcome challenges, enhance your relationships, and develop skills to lead the life you want. If you're considering therapy, then please reach out to a trained, licensed professional in your community. If you're interested in seeking counseling in the Monroe, Louisiana area, or if you live anywhere in Louisiana and you are interested in participating in teletherapy with state-approved professionals, well, then contact us at HealthPoint Center. Change starts here. Psychology and Counseling Services. HealthPoint is a collaboration of independent professionals who are dedicated to improving your quality of life and guiding you on a positive path toward change. That's HealthPoint Center, located at 1818 Avenue of America, Monroe, Louisiana. Or call today to inquire about services, providers, and book an appointment at area code 318 998 27 Zero, zero. Well, it's that time again, so pull up a cushion, kick off your shoes, and grab a cup of coffee. Let's get started with the session. Do you remember the song by the band Thin Lizzy? The boys are back in town. It's classic 1976 rock, baby, and yeah, even though I was only seven years old at the time, there's nothing better than classic rock. The lyrics go like this. Guess who just got back today? Them wild-eyed boys that have been away. Haven't changed that much to say, but man, I still think them cats are crazy. They were asking if you were around, how you was, and where you could be found. Told them you were living downtown, driving all the old men crazy. The boys are back in town. Now I'll spare you my vocal rendition, but it's likely that you've heard this song somewhere or someplace. If not, check it out on Amazon Music. You have to love the classics. Well, the boys are back, and by that I mean the anxiety and worry. And those boys are crazy. 
They're back in town and driving us all crazy. Not literally, but you get my point. I guess they really haven't gone away. They've always been present. Sometimes it's possible to experience the physical manifestations of anxiety, and you may not even realize that's what's happening. So I wanted to explore some of the various common and especially uncommon physical symptoms associated with anxiety. I'll also caution you that symptoms of anxiety are a part of life and do not mean that you meet the medical diagnosis of an anxiety disorder. According to a 2019 study in Psychology Today, approximately 6.8 million American adults suffer with generalized anxiety disorder, and nearly a quarter of the adult population will suffer from some type of an anxiety disorder during their lifetime. Now, I remind you that that was in 2019. I can only imagine how those statistics have been impacted by the current pandemic in 2020 and 2021. The term anxiety is actually a clinical term used to describe a spectrum of emotional reactions like fear, stress, or worry. It's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just something that we experience. The term anxiety actually comes from the Latin word anxious, meaning a condition of agitation and distress. Studies indicate that the term anxiety has been used by the medical community since the 1500s. So, needless to say, anxiety is not something new. Anxiety manifests physically in many different ways, and being able to recognize these symptoms is extremely important. They may manifest during situational anxiety as well as a full-blown anxiety attack. Situational anxiety is something that we all experience from time to time, and it's not an indicator of an anxiety disorder. Usually, an increased awareness of the symptoms will help you navigate situational anxiety appropriately, whereas an anxiety disorder often requires more substantial treatment, something like therapy or even pharmaceutical interventions. Probably some of the most common physical symptoms associated with anxiety are pain or tightness in the chest and rapid heart rate. In fact, many people describe it as if they're having a heart attack. With anxiety, the chest pain is usually located in the center of your chest, whereas with a heart attack, the pain radiates most often down the arm and into the shoulders. However, it's sometimes difficult to clearly describe what you may be feeling during anxiety, so people present to the emergency room thinking they're actually experiencing a heart attack, only to find out after an evaluation that they've experienced an anxiety attack, at which time, the doctors will remove the EKG leads and most likely prescribe or administer something that will have a relaxing effect, thus returning your body to a natural state of equilibrium. It's also not uncommon to experience a rapid heartbeat when you experience anxiety. It can feel as if your heart is actually going to pound out of your chest like a scene from a horror movie. But I can assure you that there are no recorded cases of a heart pounding out of someone's chest and People do not generally die from an anxiety attack. Now, I'm not trying to be without compassion because I get it. It's unfortunate you feel like you will die. But remember, feelings are not facts. It's often helpful to understand what's happening in your body and why you're experiencing these physical sensations. Believe it or not, your body is reacting in the manner that it's designed to react, specifically in reaction to a perceived threat or an attack. It's like we have this built-in survival mechanism, and it's subconscious. It just happens. 
we often refer to it as a fight or flight reaction. If you think about it, when you need to fight something in order to survive, or if you need to run away to save your life, well, your body will need an extra boost. Your muscles will need to be ready for action and reaction. So they tighten in anticipation of the attack or response. Adrenaline and cortisol are just a couple of chemicals our body manufactures to assist us with this primal reaction. So as they course through your bloodstream, we feel the tightness in the chest and throughout the body, as well as experience an increased heart rate. This reaction can also be linked to the feelings of restlessness and muscle tension throughout the body. It may even lead to aches, cramps, spasms, stiffness, twitching, and weakness. As you can see, anxiety can affect the muscular system directly and indirectly in many different ways. Science doesn't really completely understand the connection between this muscle tension and anxiety, but we do know that treating muscle tension has been shown to help reduce the overall symptoms of anxiety. This is why many therapists teach progressive muscle relaxation and deep breathing exercises. So, if you had a particularly stressful week and you noticed some symptoms of anxiety, well, you may want to consider a massage or maybe even working out as a plan to help cope with the physical manifestations of anxiety. Another area of physical symptoms that tend to get overlooked are what we refer to as temperature perception-based anxiety symptoms. Now, this is a mouthful, but this basically means anxiety can affect the way you perceive ambient temperatures. So, you may feel hot, you may feel cold, or even a combination of both. Some people experience cold sweats, fever, hotness, and even hot and cold flashes, as well as what's called hyperhidrosis which is a fancy term for abnormally excessive sweating. You may actually sweat so much that it soaks through your clothes and can drip from your hands. What you are experiencing is the body's attempt to cool itself down, which is normally why we sweat. However, with stress and anxiety, the nerves responsible for signaling your sweat glands can become overactive, triggering the sweat response. Most medical providers, though, encourage you to seek attention if the sweating is accompanied by lightheadedness, chest pains, or nausea, because it can be a sign of something more serious. It's always better to be safe than sorry. Another physical symptom that may get overlooked is the feeling of fatigue. Now, this is a surprise to many people because of the incongruency with the hyperactive or the arousal state that's often associated with anxiety. For some, the fatigue can follow an anxiety attack. It's like you're exhausted after experiencing the fight-or-flight reaction, like you've just run 100 miles and you crashed. But for others, the fatigue can be chronic and ongoing. You know, many people since the onset of the pandemic have been presenting with complaints of feeling fatigued. I referred to it once as being weary in a previous episode, just feeling tired. It's quite possible that the fatigue described is associated with an anxiety response. However, it's also important to note that fatigue can also be associated with depression and other medical conditions. Fatigue alone is not enough to diagnose an anxiety disorder. And remember, anxiety and an anxiety disorder are two different things. Anxiety is normal, and we all experience it from time to time. An anxiety disorder has to do more with how the anxiety is impacting my ability to function. Another physical symptom of anxiety that's not commonly associated with anxiety is the effect it has on the largest organ of the body, the skin. 
rashes, red blotches, flushing, changes in skin color, acne, and even eczema can be caused by anxiety. Many medical professionals will work with managing the symptoms of these particular issues, but dealing with your anxiety may be the only way to actually eliminate them completely. Anxiety can also affect your eyes and visual perceptions as a result of the fight-or-flight response. Vision relies on a fully functioning brain. So when you're anxious and responding with the amygdala, the prefrontal cortex is hijacked, which simply means we're only working with a limited part of our brain. So it seems only logical that physical characteristics that rely on brain functioning will be impacted. People may experience eye pain, vision problems like seeing spots, or having difficulty focusing, blurred vision, pupil changes, and in some extreme cases, temporary blindness. Now, speaking of brain functioning, anxiety can affect the brain's ability to act or your cognitive functioning. It's not uncommon for those experiencing anxiety to exhibit memory loss, forgetfulness, confusion, disorientation, distorted reality, and even hallucinations. You know, I think as we explore this list of physical symptoms, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the impact anxiety can have on the digestive tract. We discuss tightness in the chest, but right below the chest lies the abdomen. Most people who struggle with anxiety experience abdominal pain and various abdominal conditions such as bloating, gas, stomach cramps, upset stomach, constipation, and even diarrhea. So as you can see, anxiety can have an impact on the entire body. It can mimic many health conditions and can present with almost every symptom imaginable. In fact, most practitioners have a limited list of symptoms that they evaluate for, which can lead to missed opportunities for treatment. Now, please don't get me wrong. Anxiety is not the root of all of our health problems, so it's important to seek medical advice and maintain an ongoing relationship with your provider if possible so they can get to know you. Talk to people who have anxiety, and you will see just how pervasive and invasive the symptoms can be. Education, awareness, and research is key to improving our treatment procedures. So, what about treatment? It may be helpful to start by seeing a primary care provider or your doctor to explore the possible connections between anxiety and your physical health. It's also good to rule out any physical issues that may need to be addressed. Many doctors see the benefits of working with a counselor and may even make the recommendation for a further evaluation of your symptoms using the DSM-5, which is the current Diagnostic and Statistic Manual. The two main treatments for anxiety disorders are psychotherapy and medications, or what I often refer to as skills and pills. Most people benefit from a combination of the two. It may take some trial and error to discover which treatment works best for you, though. Psychotherapy is also known as talk therapy or counseling. Psychotherapy involves working with the therapist to reduce your anxiety symptoms, and it can be an effective treatment for anxiety. Cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, has been shown to be one of the most effective forms of psychotherapy for anxiety disorders. CBT actually focuses on teaching you specific skills to improve your symptoms, and gradually return you to the activities that you have avoided because of anxiety. CBT can include things like exposure therapy, in which you gradually encounter the object or the situation that triggers your anxiety, so you build confidence that you can manage the situation and the anxiety symptoms. 
There are several types of medications that can be used to help relieve symptoms, depending actually on the type of anxiety disorder you have or whether you also have other mental or physical health issues. For example, certain antidepressants, which are known as SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, are also used to treat anxiety disorders. This medication works with your brain's existing process to regulate chemicals impacted by anxiety. For some people, a doctor may prescribe other types of medications such as a sedative or even a beta blocker to help manage the physical symptoms of anxiety. In some circumstances, a doctor may also prescribe what's known as a benzodiazepine, something like Xanax or Valium or even Ativan. However, these medications are for short-term relief of anxiety symptoms and are not intended to be used long-term due to their highly addictive potential. I cannot stress enough the importance of always talking with your doctor about benefits, risks, and even possible side effects of any medication. Now, over the years, many people have asked me about alternative medicine. Several herbal remedies have been studied as a treatment for anxiety, but more research is needed to understand the risks and the benefits completely, especially with the introduction of medical marijuana being available in more and more states. Research, increased awareness, and open dialogues will be extremely important as we move forward in this area. A major issue with herbal and dietary supplements is that they aren't monitored by the FDA in the same way that medications are, so you can't always be certain of what you're getting and whether or not it's safe. Some of these supplements can interfere with prescription medications or even cause dangerous interactions, and some may actually intensify existing anxiety symptoms. So, before taking herbal remedies or dietary supplements, talk to your doctor to make sure they're safe for you and won't interact with any medications that you take. While most people with anxiety disorders need psychotherapy or medications to get anxiety under control, Lifestyle changes can also make a huge difference. The Mayo Clinic offers some suggestions that may be helpful in coping with situational anxiety. Keep physically active. Develop a routine so that you're physically active most days of the week. Exercise is actually a powerful stress reducer. It may improve your mood and help you stay healthy. You might want to start out slowly and gradually increase the amount and intensity of your activities as you improve. Avoid alcohol and recreational drugs. These substances can cause or worsen anxiety. If you can't quit on your own, well then see your doctor or find a support group to help you. Nicotine and caffeine can also worsen anxiety, so it's helpful to quit smoking or at least cut back or quit drinking caffeinated beverages. Use stress management and relaxation techniques. Things like visualization techniques, meditation, and yoga are examples of relaxation techniques that can ease the symptoms of anxiety. Now, this is an important one. Make sleep a priority. Let me repeat that. Make sleep a priority. Do what you can to make sure you're getting enough sleep to feel rested. If you aren't sleeping well, then consider seeing your doctor. Finally, eat healthy. Healthy eating, such as focusing on vegetables, fruits, whole grains, and fish, may be linked to reducing anxiety, but more research is also needed in this area as well. Now, these things have been shown to improve situational anxiety, but the strategies to cope with an anxiety disorder are a little bit more intensive. One of the most important and responsible things I feel you can do is learn about your disorder. Talk to your doctor or your counselor. Find out what might be causing your specific condition and what treatments might be best for you. 
Involve your family and friends and ask for their support. Stick to your treatment plan. Take medications as directed. Keep therapy appointments and complete any assignments that your counselor may give you. Consistency can make a big difference, especially when it comes to taking your medication. Now, it's very important to take action. Things will not get better by wishing for change. Remember, change only takes place in the paradigm of action. Learn what triggers your anxiety or causes your stress. Practice the strategies that you've developed with your counselor so you're ready to deal with anxious feelings in these situations. It's very important to practice some of the exercises before you actually need them. What's interesting is I usually use the analogy that you don't learn to swim when you fall out of the boat. You learn to swim before you go on the boat ride. So practicing things like deep breathing, meditation, and yoga are very helpful, but you need to practice this prior so that you're prepared to use it when an episode occurs. Keep a journal. Keeping track of your personal life can help you and your counselor identify what's causing you stress and what seems to help you feel better. Consider joining an anxiety support group. Remember that you aren't alone. Support groups offer compassion, understanding, and shared experiences. The National Alliance on Mental Illness and the Anxiety and Depression Association of America provide information on finding support as well as other online resources available. Learn time management techniques. You can reduce anxiety by learning how to carefully manage your time and your energy. Socialize. Don't let worries isolate you from loved ones or activities. Break the cycle. When you feel anxious, Take a brisk walk or delve into a hobby to refocus your mind away from your worries. Using strategies known as grounding exercises can be very helpful to center you in the moment and interrupt your thought processes from running wild. In a previous episode on anxiety, I shared with you a simple grounding exercise using the five senses. Name five things you see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. Focusing on these things can bring you into the present moment, allowing your brain time to pause and engage. Often, a combination of approaches is best. Relieving anxiety with medicine while using CBT or things like exposure therapy to strengthen your coping skills and help retrain the brain can do much to make anxiety manageable. Remember, by itself, anxiety isn't really a problem. It anchors the protective biological response to danger that boosts heartbeat and breathing, pumping oxygenated blood into your muscles as your body prepares to fight or flee. A certain amount of anxiety can even be helpful. The problem is that sometimes the systems underlying our anxiety responses become overstimulated so that we overreact or react to the wrong situations. Well, It seems we've reached the end of our session today. Again, I want to tell you how grateful I am that you choose to spend this time with me. Now, as you move forward this week, I hope that you'll be mindful of the physical manifestations of anxiety you may be experiencing. Take an active role in understanding your body and the impact anxiety can have on it. Remember, anxiety is a normal part of our lives, but when it's impacting your ability to function in any way, then seek help. Reach out to a provider or find your way to a counselor's couch. It doesn't mean you're crazy, broken, or weak. It simply means you're human. 
And today I want to leave you with a quote from pastor and positivity guru, Joel Osteen. Just because we're in a stressful situation doesn't mean we have to get stressed out. You may be in the storm. The key is don't let the storm get in you. Remember, folks, you are not alone. Live intentionally, love daily, and laugh often. Don't forget, new episodes drop weekly, so please subscribe and follow me. And take a moment. Leave a review. These things matter, and they help us to improve the show and adjust the show as needed. Let me know what you think. And even share an episode with a friend or a loved one. Get that message out there. If there's somebody that you think would benefit from today's episode, share it with them on Facebook. Send it to them with your phone. Text it to them. Give them a link so they can find this information. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, then you can email them directly to Calvin at CalvinCWilliamsLPC.com or you can reach me on Facebook at Williams Professional Counseling Services, LLC. You can even check out my website at www.CalvinCWilliamsLPC.com or if you'd like to schedule a therapy session with me, then contact us at HealthPoint Center, area code 318-998-2700. I always do look forward to hearing from listeners, so please feel free to submit topics of interest, comments, or questions. Thanks again for stopping by, and remember, there's always room for you on the Counselor's Couch.